welcome to the Stories We Don't Tell podcast, a podcast about storytelling. I have begun to dream again as the world closed in around us. I can't say when they left the first time around, but for years they were lost. I'd wake up day after day with no recollection of the night's events, no disruption of my sleep barring a loud car horn or streetcar outside my bedroom window, just darkness to be followed by the morning light. And now, as the pandemic swept into our lives, they return. Perhaps my brain has decided to entertain itself. As our waking lives have shrunk in possibility, the subconscious arises to the challenge. Or perhaps this is simply the purpose of dreams to be spaces where you can experience danger and plan a response without the fear of true consequences. Either way, they're back. I have begun to dream again of a world falling apart. The first of these dreams was one of crisis, a moment where there were many mouths to feed in a large dining hall, long tables with nothing to eat, and dozens going hungry. I can feel the adrenaline running through my veins as the hourglass empties. There is no time to stop to think, no time to ask why are we rushing so, just the growing hunger of those around us. In a moment so quick, I'm nearly unable to understand, I reach down and saw off my right foot, placing it like a roast hog on a bed of lettuce that covers a silver tray. Those around me seem satisfied. This shall feed us. It is only as the meal that is whisked away do I begin to wonder about my future. Have I acted too rash? I mean, how will I play softball with only one foot? These night terrors have a juxtaposition, however, for my waking self has begun to dream as well, to dream of a world I'd thought I'd lost. Just under six years ago, we sat playing Jenga, the culmination of, a week, of weeks of me finally gathering the courage to tell you. A month prior, we'd stood in a small kitchen, the low hum of voices throughout the house mixed with the softly playing Sif Jen Stevens. In our moment of privacy, I spilled that what had been bubbling inside of me for months, that you meant the world to me. You didn't need to answer, but I needed you to know. And we allowed the silence to hang in the air and moved on to other things. Our walk home that night was one of the coldest I'd ever felt, but the warmth in your words was soothing. We sit in silence in this makeshift board game cafe but it has been the silence of the past month that has been eating, at, eating away at me. It was the silence that prompted this meeting. I know you're busy, I know you're tired, but we need to talk, please. And so we're here, hot chocolate to warm our hands and Jenga to distract us. Whoever isn't playing has to talk, agreed. I play first and you begin to speak, though I feel as if I know what is coming. No one takes a month to say yes. I understand, I say. I don't want to lose you, you respond. You won't. And you didn't. Over the next few years, we stayed in touch pretty consistently at first and fading over time. I had been here before, and so I knew what must be done. The slow dismantling of the world I'd envisioned began. I could not live there alone, and so I let it come down brick by brick. Now this perhaps lends credence to the theory that the purpose of dreams is to prepare you for what may come. Though if that is true, my subconscious is not optimistic because I have begun to dream again of a world falling apart. 
In one of my more recent dreams, I found myself living days, weeks even, in a night. In this dreamland, each day is spent looking for supplies, scurrying along the ground for whatever might be helpful, and each night is spent perched on a thin board atop a street lamp, peering down at the road, two lanes just before an intersection, somewhere in suburbia. A small patch of shrubs and trees to one side, and houses stretch out in front of us. I sit, awaiting the arrival of the hordes, my compatriots in similar setups not too far away. We plan, we repair, and we wait. But the horde never comes, and day breaks again. I have begun to dream again of the world I thought I lost. It had been about three years since Jenga, and nearly a year since we'd last spoke, when you walked back into my life. I sat in a food court eating, a br- eating breakfast with my brother. You'd finished school and moved in with your partner. It seemed like you were doing well. There was a job you were interested in. You wanted to know if I might grab a beer and, and to catch up and talk about it. You still hadn't lost me. We got the drink. You got the job. And years passed and a friendship rekindled. But the dreams stayed away. You had another life. And so I continued to look for mine. The thing about dreams is that in some ways, they are pure creativity. Your mind creates worlds that do not exist. But now, more than half a year into this year defined by illness, the realities of the external world have begun to dig themselves deep enough into my brain that there is no escape. I have begun to dream again of a world falling apart. In my latest, I'm coughing, again and again coughing. The kind of cough that leaves the back of your throat dry and searing. I'm hunched over on one knee, coughing. The what-ifs and the what-to-dos scramble for prominence as chaos reigns. What if I have it? Who might I have infected? How did this happen? What should I do? Is this even real? I awake, beside you, as I have for the past year, and nearly every day since the world closed in around us. I have begun to dream again of a world I thought I'd lost. Five years after Jenga, two years after the food court, five months before the world crashed in, we found ourselves in a small bar, the wooden floors and muted artwork flickered in the candlelight. The fall air whistling at the windows, we stayed for hours. I told you of the world I'd built in my head, the world I'd let decay in your absence, the world I'd so readily return to with the whisper of hope that it might be possible. I invited you in, and you returned the favor. In the past seven months, so much of what we've known has come apart, torn at the seams. A new temporary reality has been built to bridge us to one to the other side, but there's no vision of it yet. No end to the bridge, just a long road covered in a dense fog with chaos below. We are asked to sleep on this bridge, day after day, walk forward towards the fog, stay towards the center so as not to fall off, and sleep when you can. And so we do, because that is all there is to be done. Wake, walk, sleep. Wake, walk, sleep. Wake, walk, sleep. Dream. As the world closes in around us, I have begun to dream again. I, uh, I, from the, from the stuff that we talked about, uh, when you read it the other day, I think you addressed a lot of the stuff that made that made like like it filled in all the gaps that I had in my head.
Oh, it's great. Yeah, I, I thought, yeah, there was like three or four little edits that I had made to try to like separate a couple things, make it a little more obvious. And then I pulled more of one of the pieces towards the top that sort of gave the one, one dream at the beginning a, a longer segment, which I think maybe helped anchor minds in a place a little bit earlier on. And, and, then I, and then I sort of gave up a little bit on trying to match the lengths because the thing about trying to write about a dream, which I, which I discovered in this experience, is that like either you are actively just making it up or you're just reporting what you can remember. And I am one person who I remember feelings of dreams and I remember little very small bits and pieces, but I'm not one to remember really the whole gamut. Like, like my dreams don't have stories, my dreams have moments. And that's the one thing I'm usually left with. And usually sometimes I can like feel like I remember a feeling from other parts of the dream. But like in these, this is all three of these were just basically one single moment that seared into my brain that I remember. Like for the, for the first one, the leg sawing off, I remember looking at my foot on this, on this tray and the rest of it is sort of feelings around it, right? Like that's mostly everything else is that I, I, don't, I have this set of feelings about this experience, but like the, the moment that I can still picture in my head is, is just that foot on that tray. And in the dream, do you remember thinking about softball? I remember thinking about my life generally. I remember, I remember, I remember, okay. think, I remember thinking like, uh, like I remember, like I remember putting weight on my right foot because I couldn't look down for some reason. Like I didn't want to, I, I couldn't, like maybe my brain didn't want to try to process the concept of not having a foot. So instead, it just like, but I remember thinking about like, how am I gonna like step and like just like and had like all of the different ways that, that would necessarily impact me. Um, so it wasn't softball specifically; it was more like a general like life thing. But but I do remember being like. That's when I woke up. I woke up right when I sort of was like, I had a second of realization of like, oh shit, I just cut off my foot. That's a good time to wake up. Yeah. I mean, actually probably like maybe right before, but you know, you're, you did it and you got a story out of it, so. Yeah, there you go. Well, I, I think that you pulled off something that's very difficult in that I, and I, I, there's sort of a category of these stories where it's like, I'd say if somebody says, uh, I'm gonna tell you, I wanna tell you about this dream I had, or like when other people come with stories or you've heard them at events, we've heard them at events where they're kind of like drunk stories. Like they just kind of never, they're really hard to make work because I don't think, I think um, they don't do, uh, usually do what you did is that they kind of just think the dream is enough on its own. And oftentimes I think, like you said, it's that your dreams are kind of a moment or they're, they're a feeling and so by, by kind of, you know, balancing this out with real stuff that's happening and that has been happening to you, I think it, it brings both things in more in focus, the dreams, and then like has more meaning and, and brings more weight to the actual experiences that are going on. Yeah, well, I think in part because like dreams, your own dreams are hard to have stakes like because you're you're inherently dreaming so the story always ends with you waking up no matter what happens in the dream right there's no real stakes that exist within dreams like yes you can be very scared and again i'm sure they can be impactful for some people but like generally speaking it's sort of hard to tell what the person is trying to convey if they're not the person that they are then then there's no way to anchor it really exactly and for me the the dreams in this purpose which is why I actually, I actually originally had only the idea of the dreams. Because originally for me, the dreams were, very, were an interesting way for me to think about my brain trying to process the world that is around us. 
Mm. Like that was sort of where I first came to. It's like, all right, here are some action points of these weird things that started happening to me in my own head, my own head trying to process this world that is falling apart around us in some ways. And then I got, and then I, and then I was where I came to with that sort of secondary piece was actually in a conversation, Paul, you and I were having at one point, I, I had sort of, I had sort of realized that this, this juxtaposition of, of dreaming in different ways sort of effectively encapsulated my entire pandemic experience, which is like half of it is dealing with this, the fact that the world is, you know, having a rough time, everyone's sort of being forced isolation and all the sort of difficulties the pandemic brings. But then the other half of my life is going, you know, objectively quite well. And, and it is this, it is this weird juxtaposition for me that I'm constantly bouncing back and forth from that ultimately sort of led to the way the story ended up, you know, coming out. Well, and I, so just, there's a few things in there. Cause the first thing is that I, I think sometimes um, when somebody is trying to tell you about their dream or even, you know, or a drunk story or whatever, is that it's really important to them, but it's not, it, it's, it's, I think it's sometimes it's difficult to convey that to other people. You know, it's just not, cause it is, it's an experience for you. And it's hard to, I think, kind of make other people understand how important this experience was. Um, to you in, in, in this kind of way. But I'm really, in, I'm really fascinated by this idea that you, I think you were talking, how did you put it that your dreams are preparing you in a way? Yeah, that, well, it's one of the theories of dreams is that right. your dream, uh, speci- that your dreaming is your ability for your brain to get yourself in experiences like facing a lion where you can actually have interactions and, and learn uh, about what you, sh- what you should do. It's like your brain playing out danger scenarios uh, is one of the theories of why you dream. I mean, it's, it kind of just sucks right now because like, you know how you, you said, okay, well, uh, these things are happening in your dream, but on the other hand, stuff is going pretty good. And you're, and I, I, it, we all are so, I think, worried about just becoming numb to everything, to like the bad stuff that's happening, but also the good stuff is you want to be able to still enjoy your life in some kind of way. So I wonder if your brain is not only helping to prepare you or to kind of almost be a simulation uh, to be able to kind of wrap your brain around these um, not great things going on, but also being like, oh, and by the way, things are still good in, in your life. So just like enjoy that. Try to enjoy that too. What was your experience like writing this? Because it, there are so many different pieces to it and 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 you're approaching like the you know writing about dreams being a challenge yeah to make people care the the parts of it that were the dreams were sort of just like little beats right like my actual dream i I sort of was like trying to most accurately remember and articulate them in a way that felt true to me like that like that i could because like the thing about dreams of course is that you can write whatever happened at all like you like that's I think part of the thing about making that makes dreams I think somewhat difficult to write about is that you can just write you can say you dream whatever you want like you can just totally do whatever you feel like and and lose the plot altogether or to say or you can make it like I, I didn't want to do that because to me the interesting thing here is actually what my brain is trying to do to understand this current experience and so only exactly what happened in the dreams was was worthy of including and so any exploration beyond that seemed unfair because at that point, it didn't seem to be the purpose of why I was writing it. It was limiting because I didn't have a lot to write about any of the three dreams. Like the longest dream was still only a paragraph. Um, and, so, and so the sort of secondary piece of the story about, you know, about the relationship and, the, and that sort of, and that sort of di- 
playing on the word dream, which is really most of what this is, a playing on the word, you know, on, on dream. To go back to your very first question, Joey, I don't actually say what any of my dreams are. It's not, it's not included at all. Like the dream, the dreaming only exists. The dreams I'm, I talk about are, are in my head, uh, are the ones that sleeping dreams or the waking dreams explains the, the concept of dreaming about a future. But actually, I never mentioned a single one of the actual future dream. Because half the story was going to be in nothing, you know, in, in the ether and in my brain, the other half had to really be lived. Like, I had to give people somewhere to be in this story, right? Like, there had to be a setting, there had to be something going on. And, and so, to me, that was what the secondary piece gave, was like, here's real life, real settings, real experiences, and dialogue, etc., that sort of helped ground you in a place and in, this, and, and in my life that lets the rest of it be more ethereal. Because I, I, I couldn't make the whole thing about dreams, specifically because that makes it all ethereal and gives you no setting, and it just becomes like a lecture. And obviously that's not what the purpose of this is. So how did you decide to balance it out? Like, how did you decide what you landed on to balance it out? Like, I guess because originally the beginning to dream again was sort of the, was, was the, was the concept. And so I felt like I had to sort of explain what led me to not be dreaming in, in one of these, in one of these subsets. And that like, you know, like, I, I don't know, I still don't understand what, let why I dream and don't dream in my sleep. That's not a, I don't really totally understand that. But in the sort of secondary segment, because I was talking about beginning, the concept was I've begun to dream again. And so I felt like if I had, if I was going to keep saying I've begun to dream again about a world I've lost, I have to explain to you when I stopped dreaming about that, right? That, that I have to explain that at least. And so that led me to the sort of these, these beats of like, here's what led me to give up on this dream. And then, and then, here's a little bit like it's not actually a fulsome story about what sort of brought it back I sort of just jumped that little piece a little bit but I think it was the piece the beats that sort of allowed me to get most towards the kind of feeling of losing that concept of like imagining your own future thank you for listening to the podcast learn more about our book and subscribe to our monthly newsletter at storieswedonttell.org like our Facebook page for updates about upcoming events or anything This episode of Stories We Don't Tell is brought to you by Stefan's Severed Foot. Stefan's Severed Foot. It'll feed a whole table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Jesus.